you know, show my appreciation for my sister coming out. I mean, three hours in the studio with this three hour long video. Uh, the interview was amazing. If you guys want to check out what she does for work, she works in foreign affairs and she talks a little bit about how she got into her position, how you guys can get more interested into it or go into it. And, uh, you know, this last hour of that interview is really just us talking about the black community and going toe to toe and some of our opinions and what some of the things we can do to help better it and really adjust within it. But, you know, check it out. Uh, leave the, the link in the description for her playlist down there. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy. This is going to be the last video for a little while. Uh, but, you know, check us out. I hope you guys enjoy. We got to go deeper because when I hear you say what what's you, deeper, what I'm hearing from you is you have a group of people who are so rooted and entitled to that community. They're going to take care of that community. And then I hear we have one group of people who are like, I'm just out. Am I going to invest in it? There's another story from a black comedian that will tell you the exact same thing. I'm in a community. I'm with people who aren't cleaning it up the streets. They're not, they're not rooted. They don't know their neighbors. They don't talk to they them. They have trash cans. Why don't we advocate for trash cans? Why don't we I put have. our own trash cans out? Why don't we make sure these trash cans are emptied? And why don't we tell the city, you need to do this? Why, why, why is it that we will, we will have a 30% population in an area mm -hmm. and not even half of that percentage will go to the city and say, we need this. Do something about it or I, I, I will literally not vote for you because I've actively went to these houses, talked to these people, and they said, I went to the city because they weren't offering this. And I talked to my neighbors and me and my neighbors, we went there and we told them we need this and we got it. Yeah. So when I hear you say that this person called and they got what they wanted, it was because there was, there was ramifications behind them not coming or them taking their time. And then I hear you say, well, I, I would ask you, right? If you lived in an apartment building, I know my neighbors in my apartment building. Right. If I saw someone who shouldn't be in that building... Now, I would call, yes, the cops, but I would make sure I'm going to call everybody else in that building and tell them, call the cops. This person isn't here. And do you, any of you know them? No, call the cops. I'm calling the cops. Y'all calling the cops. We all calling the cops. They need to get here. And if they don't get here, I'm going to tell them, I need y'all to fill out this form. I'm going to send it to the police department and the city commissioner or governor. I'm going to say, we called the cops for this is the circumstances. What are you going to do about that? And if I don't get a response, guess what I'm doing next? I'm going vocal with this. I'm asking every other minority in this area to do something about it. The difference that I'm seeing here in this story that we're talking about. Yeah. I'm not disputing what you're saying. I'm saying there's a reason why we're not doing it. And the reason why is because we're not jumping off different heights every time. But I, I okay, so I agree. <laughs> okay, I agree in that way. But all of those things, like advocacy takes Time. Time that no one's even began. There's only a few people that are doing it. But, not let me, but let me say that. No, that's not true. But what I will say is that it takes time and resources. And a lot of people of color don't have that because they're working. Right. Let me finish. Because a lot of those people like there is a luxury in having a two or like a two person household. Mm -hmm. There is a. um there is a luxury in white privilege. There is a luxury in wealth. Right now, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. I have a community that is majority elders. Mm -hmm. What are you going to say to them about what's happening? I'm not addressing them. No, but I am. because right. I'm, address I'm addressing them because they, one, are the main voters in my district. Mm -hmm. Two, they are they are. Uh, they understand and absolutely do care about their community, right? 
but there's a lot going on with crime and everything else. So what are you going to say to the people who are living in a, a predominantly elderly neighborhood that are having issues and having difficulty navigating a system that clearly does not cater to whatever their deficiencies are when it comes to technology and things of that sort. You're going to blame them? So when I say I'm not addressing them, it's not in a matter of I ain't going to talk to them. I'm a, it's in a matter of I'm not addressing them as in they are the ones that are actively gone through that trauma, that actively watched and more likely did try and got knocked down because of the system that was implemented and at the time. Don't. Here's the thing. And we don't. But here's the thing. They crawled so you can walk Take and the run. T shirt tagline. Ah, else. Ah. I don't got time. Seriously, though, them, they, they didn't get an opportunity as much as you were able to to go to college. A lot of them were in the government. You, you see more of you in the government than they saw of themselves in the government. Okay. Depending on the position, but yeah. Absolutely. So. It's hard for me to say I can't address. I'm, I'm not going to address them because they're not the ones I'm expecting to necessarily. I'm, they're not the ones I'm talking to. They 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 were conditioned because of their and we're trauma. Not conditions. We are educated upon our conditions of that trauma. We there's or the difference. We had people. We had crackheads raising us. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't funny, but it's true. Facts. Yes. So you gotta. That is a different type of trauma. We had crackheads mm -hmm. and people going to jail. So let me ask you this. I'm so not, so what you gonna say? That's not trauma. I'm, let me, I'm gonna ask you a question and throw it right back. So okay, we got we got children that were raised by crackheads. Yes. Why why is it that that and crackhead that generation didn't want to help raise them? But why didn't that crackhead child have an opportunity in the community to make sure that that kid didn't grow up to be a crackhead? Why why is it that we knew that that but we you knew that person sense. was a crackhead? So that person more than likely had a family member. Sense. But here they they had family member. They had sisters, brothers, parents, or whatever. Why is it that they can't say, "Listen, I know you're gonna do what you do. We don't want you to do that, but your child deserves something better." There's a there's a nonprofit over there that your kid can go to after school, and they can go and get a, a, get help at their schooling and da 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 da. And it's and it's all from people that look just like you, so, but not you know so minus let the crackhead. Let me tell you something. So I love my elders. But I say this with love. Mm -hmm. They dropped the ball. Absolutely. They dropped the ball. And for whatever reasons, they dropped the ball. But they dropped the ball. And what I'm saying is, is that elders cannot talk to me and say, oh, we got these problems because babies raising babies. Y'all was raising babies, too. 1942, still raising babies. You were mm -hmm. having kids at 15, 14 up north and sending them down south when you got pregnant. You were sending them up north when you was down south and got pregnant. Babies always been having babies. The difference is, is that people did not want to help raise those babies anymore. Somewhere in the 70s and 80s, people decided they did not want to be grandparents anymore and help people youth when they had kids somewhere in between there you also had a crack epidemic epidemic yeah right somewhere in between there you also had mass incarceration of black men so you have multiple layers of additional trauma on top of us being post-slavery not even a hundred years when all this stuff is still going on, 
And you asking me why we still dealing with I'm confused. I'm saying. Because some of those men from mass incarceration are still incarcerated, incarcerated for drugs that are now legal. Right. I'm saying what you're what you're saying is you're dealing with one to two generations, right, that are now old enough, right? No. I'm talking about <laughs> the millennials at this point are too educated to say that they don't know how to deal with their trauma. Not true. They're, you, I'm hard, millennials are in their 40s right now. 40s and 50s at the latest. No, we're not. Yes. Do the math. Let's do them. Okay. Google's no, our best route because we're so quick to say Google it. We're not in our 50s. Let's Google it. Millennials are not 50. Late 40s? Mid 40s? Yes, they are. Hold do on. the math. What years? Early 40s. And you probably want to edit this out. Nah, 1981. So I, early 40s, I, okay, whatever. Yes. So early fine. 40s. You're old enough. You're old enough to know what the internet is able to give you. You're you old enough to how to believe everything stuff. on the internet. What I be talking about. What I'm saying talk, is, I'm like, I'm like, where you get that from? TikTok. Nah. <laughs> you can't believe everything on the internet. You can like, Google. You can Google a therapist. You can Google what your what your senator is, your governor is. You can Google a okay. pipeline system. No, because no, no. They, y'all, people are so but quick to Google to it and, and follow how, through. You with have it. to know what you're looking for. Absolutely. And it's not easy for everybody. And you cannot. So let me say this because I think we're gonna have a back and forth that's gonna take us longer than what we have. <laughs> I'm gonna say that can black people do more? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. We can do more. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you about that. Are there reasons why we haven't done more? Absolutely. Right. And I think there needs to be a healthy understanding of both. I think there are some things that we can do better and we should do better. I think that black people are harder on black people than they are anybody else. And I don't think that's okay. Like, I think that the same empathy that we have and forgiveness we have for people who constantly try to oppress us that empathy needs to extend even further to our own will i say it's harder for me to be hurt by someone that looks like me absolutely because i'm a love on us before anything because that i can relate right so it is hard but at the same time i'm way more forgiving i remember somebody telling me i'm <laughs> i spent my last dime <laughs> <laughs> on the black community before anything and it's true like i've had like seven landscapers that can't get right they all black <laughs> like so i'm trying to keep my i understand like you're right like our wealth we have it right however we also don't have good financial management in a lot of ways and so you can't ask a group of people to do something financially that they have not learned to do right you cannot you got to lay out the blueprint. White people put out blueprints for their family and estate planning. Even if you don't got it together, like in your family, like as a white person, somebody had it together and they're going to make sure that everything goes smoothly. The worst thing that black people are, the worst thing, the worst thing that we have done uh, or haven't done, I would say is get wealth through property or pass wealth through property Without these wills and stuff like that and the state plans, we're dropping the ball. Mm-hmm. But that's not, again, that's the elders. They're the ones without the wills. So, you know, that's where I say, like, there's a whole a whole two or three generations that need to work. I think if you really want to have a conversation about how black people can do better, it's intergenerational. 
black people have to start sharing information mm-hmm. through the last three generations. Z ain't, Z ain't ready yet. We'll talk to them <laughs> later. But millennials and, you know, through baby boomers, we got to talk. We got to talk because for whatever reason, there's a disconnect. There's a lot of reasons, but there's a disconnect. One, don't tell me we had babies having babies because I'm going to tell you, <laughs> stop playing with me. And I've done that. And when I said something to them, they was like, yeah. I was like, all right, yeah. like, that's it. That's it. Okay, here we go. Like, let's move on. Like, let's talk about it, right? We can respectfully disagree and have a understanding. But I do think that you're going a little too hard on black people. I do think you're right that black people can do better. But we all can. There's things that I could do better. That's why I ended up running for the commissioner situation because I watched the development happen. And I was like, how'd that happen? And I wasn't tapped in. That's why it happened because <laughs> I was living life and I was figuring things out. I didn't know what I didn't know. And so now that I know, yeah, I'm doing something. But I'm going to tell you, I am nervous because there's a lot that comes with that responsibility. You got to remember too, TJ, that politics are big (laughs) yeah (laughs) right like you got to be careful because when you start talking about development community things of that sort you're talking about money Mm -hmm. everything's about money and you're talking about somebody bad you start saying i don't want this in my community you messing with somebody's food on their table because they might be banking on that project and there's a lot of things that you got to be willing to, what do they say if you don't stand for something? You got to mm-hmm. stand, you got to be willing to die for something. Oh. Right? Mm-hmm. So the other thing is you got to ask yourself, what are you willing to die for? Right? People from our grandparents' generation and some of our parents, they were willing to die for equal rights. Yeah, do you can you definitively say you're going down for that? There's a couple of hills I'm willing to die on. Okay. But One I, of them is is hey, you might be right. I am going hard on the community. But you're also talking to somebody who thinks we need to cut off that empathy for others. And we need to really so- solely focus on us. If we really want to have the power we think we need or want to do better in other ways. Yeah. That that's to me, it's like you you too forgiven over here. And we should be focusing right here. Yeah. Cut cut that out. Like when the when the phrase is the black woman is so forgiving, so loving, I'm like, stop it. Stop it. I know it's in your nature. I get it. Stop it. Why? I don't I don't, I don't think you can. Because that that is what woman, if you don't stand for something, you'll die for anything. That's the quote. Yeah. But stand for this. Stand for this over here. But don't women women have to be nurturing. Absolutely. Nurture this over here. Cut that out over there. Yeah, but women have to be nurturing because we are givers of life, Mm -hmm. right? We're creators of life. And so, you know, a lot of times if a woman's not nurturing, kind of like something off of, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like you'd be like, mental health, maybe, you know, right? (laughs) Like, but, you know, seriously, because Mm -hmm. like there is something natural about women being more nurturing. Like you ever hear like a woman be like, I was sitting here and I knew something was wrong with my baby. Right? And he was like, what? <laughs> like, you know, and something was wrong with their baby. Like, there's something wrong with their kid. You don't ever hear a man, man, I was sitting there and I was watching me, something was wrong with my baby. 
Like you don't <laughs> never hear stories of men saying stuff like that, right? Like there's something in our DNA and our in our genetic, you know, um, chemistry that does create that. But I also think that black women when it comes to this topic are way more socially engaged and active than black men Mm -hmm. when it comes to like uh, civil um, activism and stuff like that, civic engagement, Mm -hmm. like black women are there. We're there. Now we're not going to get into where black men are because there's a number of places they are. (laughs) But the point is, is that we are there. We're, we're absolutely able and willing and have been. But I think that, you're right in the sense that we could do more. We will do more. Right? I'm very optimistic about black empowerment and progress. But I think the piece that you need to think about while you're going through this and as you're delivering this message is that your approach and understanding that it starts with educating. Networking. It's, that too, but educating. What I mean by educating is is that making sure people honestly know what they like, they know what's going on. Because sometimes it really just comes down to people don't know. Mm-hmm. You assume that they should know or that they know and all that kind of stuff. They don't know. It, they don't know. I didn't know. <laughs> you know, right? Like but where we do you, don't know. But where do you start? Right. I'm not, I'm we're not gonna start. Right. Most times people respond to stuff because they're angry. That's that's human nature. Most times we don't change until we hit rock bottom or some kind of emotional attack, like something happened that caused an emotional reaction that re- made us feel like we need to do something. People don't a lot of times wake up and I feel great. I'm going to change the world today. <laughs> you know, like a lot of times it's an emotional response to something that's happening in your environment. And so like in the Reality is, is that black people have a higher threshold of BS taking mm-hmm. because we have like generationally conditioned to take been conditioned it. to take it. Mm-hmm. So like you're over here like, why aren't you doing nothing? Because I'm conditioned to take it. Like I'm told that it should be this way. So I'm keeping that way. For me, it's like the person that grows up in a in a situation where. You might have had a pest in the house growing up all the time, right? I don't want to be like stereotype, whatever. Maybe you grew up with mice in the house all the time. So like when we go and kick it and we Airbnb and there's a mouse in the house, everybody, ah! and I'm like, oh, it's just a mouse, right? Because <laughs> I grew up like that. So like I may know that it's not supposed to be there, but I may not have the same emotional response to something that I've seen my whole life as somebody else. Right. Like, because I've seen it, been there, done that. And it may be a norm for other people. Like, nah, they ain't supposed to be a bee. <laughs> like, I ain't for to stay here. I'm a, they might be ready to leave the Airbnb, all kinds of stuff, whatever, because they not trying to, they ain't know, <laughs> you know, for you, you might be like, it's just a mouse. <laughs> right. You have to learn how to unlearn it. Now I might be like, nah, I ain't saying nowhere no mouse. If I did grow up like that, <laughs> right. right? I I'll leave, I'll leave you on some notes here though. Like for me, I think to the core, what I'm uh, to also understand and get people to get is like, I, I feel like there there are a lot of situations that come up where there's just nothing but what I would call an excuse, and only because when we talk about the school district and parents, especially with black children, it's like you you can't sit here and say you don't know. 
Like, you know the school system's trash, but what have you actively done to change that? What have you actively been doing with other parents to make that change? You know how to make that change. You know what the school district is. You know that your taxes come from there. You know what pull, you know, ta- what do you call those things where you go and buy the tabs of cash, the lottery, whatever, go towards the schools. You know the dumbest things allegedly. about- Allegedly. <laughs> you know these things, but you telling me you don't know how to how to say, hey, get together with another parent and say, hey, this is my concern. What do you think? And and, and network that for the betterment of your- Like there are, there are things, there are systems that we are actively aware of and we and there are things that we actively care more about that aren't actively or effectively more important than other areas. Like, we know the systems, but we don't know how to use them or navigate through them. Like you gotta, you gotta. Yeah. There's, it's. I got excuses then. <laughs> like I got excuses because yes, there are. We know there's a school system in place that we can make complaints to, but who, how? network where network somebody knows and then let me tell you something when i was a union steward i would make complaints like people would come to me and be like and you know about this Mm. how people are like they'll be like oh this and he'd be like yeah let's go and say something and they'd be like oh i don't really know you know it's like (laughs) people will people will leave you hanging Mm -hmm. and i had a manager once tell me they said come in the office I'm going to say this one time because you ain't even supposed to be talking about this. Right? <laughs> and they said, don't let these people get you in a place where you by yourself. Mm-hmm. You still have to work here and you still need a job. So be mindful of the battles that you fight. Because the reality of it is, is that people will talk you to the mountain and push you over the ledge while you stay still at the top. And now you gone and they still there. So you do have to be mindful when you start to get all these people together, blah, blah, blah. Like you got to make sure the people who are with you really riding for you because people do a lot of talking mm-hmm. and no action. And so like it's not as easy as you, you kind of in the ideal world. Yes. But like the civil rights movement worked like I argued with somebody about this and they felt some sort of way about me and I didn't care. But the reason why the civil rights work then and wouldn't work now is because the social system is totally different now mm-hmm. than it was then. Back then, people like Martin Luther King, um, Malcolm X, all of them, they were taken care of by the community. Yep. They le- their wives and their children were taken care of by the neighbors and the church. Mm-hmm. That's not the same structure we have anymore. So the things that, that ideal that you have about community activism and stuff like that. If I lose my job today because I decided to go out on the streets and do stuff, my neighbor ain't bringing me meals every day. And I know my neighbor. You know I know my neighbor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, but they ain't bringing me no meals every day. Maybe once every while, you know, but like, I'm not going to live with them. These people traveled across the nation and went and stayed in strangers' houses mm-hmm. that didn't know them. And people who didn't know them sent them money because they couldn't be out there. So they sent money to support that whole social structure has changed. And I can give you a number of theories I have about how it ended up in this place because they probably didn't want that to be able to happen again the way it did. But the point is, is that all those things, yes, they can happen. They should happen. But you got to read the room. You got to look at the way things have changed since then. 
And you got to be realistic. I think, and we'll wrap it up after this, you okay. guys. <laughs> um, but I do think our current social structure, it would be difficult, but it is absolutely feasible. If you can go and add a GoFundMe for your son that decided to run and pull out a gun and get shot by the cops, <laughs> I feel like you can get a GoFundMe for somebody that's actively saying, I want to better our school system. Yes. And I literally cannot go to work and work a nine to five if I'm actively going knocking on doors for my community and saying, I need your signature. I'm trying to educate you so you know what your system is and the laws and the policies in your neighborhood for this district, which is different from that district. But I want to make sure that you have a voice. There's no reason. This comes back to when I asked a similar question in another podcast. Are you willing to give $20 to know, even if you don't have kids, are you willing to give $20 with the hope and possibility of knowing that that $20 might go towards someone who's actively trying to make a difference in your community. It depends. And there it is. <laughs> there it, it is. But, mm -hmm. but it goes to emotional response. Absolutely. And that's right? trauma too. Right. Do, do you trust that this is actually going to be used? Because there's a lot of scams. But you can use the GoFundMe. The GoFundMe example you gave is an emotional response. Mm -hmm. I have a black son he could have been the one that got shot. Oh, I got to give the money, right? Mm -hmm. School system, not doing so well. Oh, it's always been like this. Get a slight emotional response. People respond to things based off of how it makes them feel in the moment, right? Absolutely. So you got to sell a story and everything. I'm not going to lie. Like when I was knocking on doors, I was like, did you know we don't have a representative? <laughs> it's been like this for six months, <laughs> right? Like- once I got in my bag and figured out what, like, triggered people, I was like, yeah, I'm in my bag now. <laughs> Six months. Nobody's been talking to us about what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but it gave them an emotional response, which triggered conversation and sharing of information, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I say, yes, you're right in a sense that, like, people need to invest. Um, I think the real conversation after that is, okay, how do we get people to invest? How do I get people to emotionally connect to this topic so that there's an investment? I say there's three easy ones. Okay. The school ones is pretty obvious. You just tell them, aren't you tired that they ain't teaching actual history? I don't have kids. Okay. When you have kids? <laughs> Maybe I don't want kids. When you were going to school, did you? ain't you pissed off that you learned so much more? Some basic things about your history, which is a U.S. history, and you didn't even have you didn't get that experience in high school. Why is it that you can go anywhere else in any other country and somebody comes here from from uh, what do we call those exchange students and they can tell you about all different kinds of history and days, but mm -hmm. we don't know ours. How does it not piss you off? Oh, it does. So if I asked you and said, can I get your signature? Can I trust that you're going to at least look this up? I just need a signature. But if you do some groundwork and you say, hey, check on my website, because we have meetings. You can call in, Zoom call, whatever. But all I need right now is a signature. Can you give me that? Just so I can go to your district and say, listen, I got 10,000 people. That's too much. I got, <laughs> I, got, I got 900 people that go to this school that says, why aren't you teaching this? Right. And they all said, we will literally try our hardest to get you out. 
that's a threat and it's a promise. This is a I'm fact. Gonna you, I'm going to tell you why I ain't going for you because you <laughs> won't even put one of my signs. If my if I ran for like an office or something, you wouldn't even Ugh. put my, my name in If your I yard. put yours so up, they're going to knock on my door wanna, and want theirs up and theirs up. I want to hear it. Like, I can't take anybody serious that wouldn't put my name <laughs> in their yard. Can't do it. She's still petty about that. Uh. Now, I think it's quite petty that you wouldn't put your own sister's <laughs> political, you know. I would. I would. Banner on her. I would. But. I don't believe him. <laughs> but that. But that's the difference between what I'm getting at. It's like I'm. It's easy to to come up with ways and 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 not even come. It's easy to explain why somebody didn't do something. It's hard to say, cut it out. You could have done it and you should have done it. Yeah. I'm saying you should have done it. There's no reason you, I, in my opinion, and not you, but like when I say you, I mean the community. There's no reason why you haven't done enough to change some simple things like our education system, knowing that you are invested in this. Your taxpayers is paying for it whether you want it to or not. Yeah. You're If you have kids, are you serious? Do I need to even explain that? But I got a question because and then I know we need to wrap up. Yep. <laughs> but like I got a real thing. Like mm-hmm. I get irritated talking to black people like who want to talk about black people. Right. Because mm-hmm. like people will sit around like, oh, black people need to do this. Black people need to do that. Black people need to do this. Right. And then I'm like, we're just sitting here talking about it. Like the question mm-hmm. is like, what are you doing? Oh, right? I love that question. What are you doing? And then my question is, what are you going to do about it? Because we can sit around, people like to criticize all the time, but what are you doing? What are you going to do about it? Oh, yeah. You remember a little while back, I asked you about, hey, what do you think about uh, implementing Awareness Week lined up with Spirit Week? You remember that? It was a couple of years ago, probably during the pandemic. Remember when I said I would love to learn more about different nonprofits that exist or government programs that exist that help children that are either, you know, domestic violence, you know, assault, all those things. I want, I want children to have the resources that already exist in their hands at school, because I know for a fact, at least when I was in school, we didn't have enough resources for that. I'm hitting the ground running. I'm trying to network. I want to talk to people. I want to talk to mentors, politicians, all that stuff. I want to get to the parents first. Because really, this all affects the parents the most. And it sucks when you can't talk to parents when certain situations are the problem, right? You can't go to a parent that's actively beating the kid and tell them, hey, we got resources for you af- for your kid after you beat them. Like, that's not how that works. But that's why it's like, okay, I need to talk to enough parents that aren't doing that to their children and say, hey, I need 75% of this school to, to sign this paper. And this paper says we want to implement something that gives children who might be experiencing this resources from that are delegated from you and these nonprofits that are already existing and making sure that those children have the, the resources they need to to better themselves. You know, stuff like that. I, I'm not the one. Are you doing it? I've asked for it. I pushed it along. And I'm on other I'm on other uh, programs at the moment. Spoken like a true politician. See what I did there. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say is like, yeah. I, you know, leave it there. But like, we can talk about all this until we're blue in the face. Absolutely. We can critique and criticize what should be done, what's not being done, how it should be done, and all that kind of stuff. But if you are not actively doing your part, those conversations to me are not important. Absolutely. When I talk about, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. When I talked about community too, about, you know, living in an apartment complex, same thing. 
I I, I knocked I, I on the door. You, yeah. I know you're like the local neighborhood. Oh, yeah. I'm knocking on doors. Or whatever. I know you're mm-hmm. that. But I think that's different because that's where you live, right? Like your building. And a lot of times it's way more personal. Going out to the community and advocating for kids and you don't have kids is not as personal for some people. So that's not their thing, right? And so I think the other thing is to also like make sure that you're you're honing in on what's important to those people who are in the movement because everybody plays a role. Like Absolutely. school may not be your thing. Safety might be your thing, right? You might mm-hmm. want people to stop speeding through your neighborhood <laughs> and whatever. You might want... The local, like, you might be worried about drugs and crime and stuff. So, like, the thing about it is, is that, like, you also have to give, make sure that when you're advocating and you're going to these spaces that you actually are aligning with what that person's true concerns are. Because I don't, like, like, the gentleman that was like, I want development. (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) I do too. But, like, okay, here's your resources for you. Like, this is what you can do to get that, right? And so making sure that you're like diversifying what people's interests are. So all areas can be touched on. Yeah. I Like you said, it is hard, especially in today's day, day and age, because a lot of people, their, their, their heads are over here. Their issues are over here. Their mental space is down over here. That's a good point. You yeah. know, and it's hard to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to take a little bit of your time that you delegate to all these things. And I want to I want to bring this new issue into your life. And try to fix it. And, you know, I say it all the time, you know, how I, I want to make this into a shirt, too. I want to promote this. How selfless can you be? Oh, that's good. You know, like, again, like I said, I'm, there are some hills I'm willing to die on. And the betterment of our community, even if I have to be the Malcolm X, but more aggressive in some cases, and I might be hated in so many ways. It's not, okay. I can't, I'm not going to compare to that. But it, Maybe I'll, like knockoff. Knockoff. If I got to be knockoff Malcolm X, okay. I, I, I want to be aggressive because we are at the day and age where there's a lot of information that is available. Albeit you might find some false stuff out there, but it's not hard to say go on the government website and hit the search bar and type in school district. It's not hard to say, hey, what's, what local school lives up the street? You can click on their website and they'll tell you what school district they're in. Yeah, but I think that you got to also be willing to go in and do it with them. Absolutely. Right. Like, because I think the other thing is like not to sound condescending. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? I talk to a lot of people and there's some things where I'm going to sound like that. And it may be, you know, that part of hitting the ground running might be getting speech therapy. You know, or getting speech lessons or whatever the case yeah, may be, you yeah, know, you learning how to, of delivery. you know, so and that that's something I also struggle with sometimes. I, I can admit I, that. You know, I do, too. But, yeah. you know, I think that that's it. So um, just circling back to careers, <laughs> just know that you can be anything you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, like um, I enjoyed this conversation. I know we kind of went all the way off on a tangent, but I think it wasn't really much of a tangent because I think that. um. The conversation is what I do and I do many things, right? Like I have a nine to five, but outside of the nine to five, I'm working on being a community activist. I'm working on um, youth embed, like the, the empowerment of minority youth in my nonprofit and making sure that we're diversifying and giving access to resources and stuff. And then like just making sure that I'm educating um, people about things that we should know about, right? Like we talked about Emancipation Day in D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, and being on that commission and like how important it was for me to be 
a part of something that I identified with. And then we talked about like community, right? And kind of went back and forth on like what needs to be done or like our views on that. But all those things, I think, truly go into like your career and who you want to be, right? Like how you want to navigate your life, your purpose. And I do think I'll close with this. Like, I think that your job is not who you are, mm-hmm. right? Like you got to make everyday ma- like matter in a way that's impactful and fulfilling. And when you get to a point where you're not fulfilled or you're not passionate about what you're doing, you should probably think about other things, right? Mm-hmm. And like some people don't get the opportunity to do that because of life circumstances. But if you have the privilege to do that, you should and you should really do it with um, the understanding that it's a privilege and an honor and to like really take advantage of that. And so um, I thank you for having me here. Uh, it was a great conversation. And um, hopefully you have enough content <laughs> to choose uh, for your podcast. You know, I, I, the honor is mine, truly. You know, I'm, I'm super grateful that you are here, that we were able, that we were able to have a longer-winded conversation about it. Glad to have you back. Always willing to have you back, either by Zoom or in person, whatever works for you. Um, thank you again for coming by. Audience, thank you for watching. Again, you know, we this is what we do. We do all kinds of different things. But I love the interviews the most. The interviews, especially with amazing people that do all kinds of things and have different opinions and, and you know, explore all of their lives and and really get into the nitty gritty of what makes them them and some of their passions is like like I said sometimes they'll they'll lit up like a Christmas tree when they talk about something they really care about and I think that's so beautiful so um, you guys have a great rest of your day if you're watching this at night have a good night if you're watching in the morning good day if that's afternoon and you're watching it during the lunch break I don't know how you have enough time to watch it but good for you uh, bye <laughs> peace. Much as somebody would like to watch a two-minute and forty-three, two-hour and forty-three yeah. video, I don't think that would be it. So I think you should, like, before you put the head, put the headphones off. Mm-hmm. I think that you should say, and you should cut the video in half because y'all have two different segments. One yeah. we're talking about our job, and one we got guys being. So I think you should just be like, um, "Welcome back to the Chocolate Special Podcast." Blah blah blah. blah. Should I put but, like my blazer on, like I came back. <laughs> <I'm scared>. <laughs> <laughs> Closure can be for the second episode, but you need to do something that separates them. You need to do like a yeah, I, I get it. Um, so should I have like an ending for the community one or an ending for the career one? I did one for the career. Should I do like an ending for the community? Yeah. Okay. Start with her. Yeah. So I think that it's just important. I think it's really great conversation that we had about just how to make the black community better, right? I think there's so many different approaches to it. There's not one answer. I think that's where we're, we're, we're getting at, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's just no one answer of how to make the black community better. There's multiple ways that we can, you know, make it better. So, you know, I'm happy that we had this conversation about it. Um, I think that we both can address our concerns the way that we choose <laughs> to do so. And um, I think your way is just as impactful as any other way. Yeah, I I truly believe that we in this community have power. We have a lot of power. I think we have power in other ways. And I think we have a lot of untapped power, truly a lot of untapped power. 
And I want to tap into that. And I want to learn how to do that more and more. I want to, I want to connect with more people. I want people to connect with other people. I want us to all network. I want us to work together. You know, it, I, 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 I want to see in my lifetime us working together towards a real honest goal on something that's really going to make a lifetime, like several lifetimes, generational changes. And if it's something like school districts, if it's something like just our, like our, our children getting opportunities when it comes to jobs and just being aware of different things and how to set that, that success up, you know, um, if I'm a part of that, that'd be like chef's kiss, you know, like, right. and I want that. I'm, I'm, I want, I'm doing the legwork. I want to do more of the legwork. I don't want to just crawl. I want to run. I want to be on a full sprint. And when I pass that baton on to somebody else, I hope they're doing a full sprint. And it's not going to stop because I feel like we did. I think we thought the race was over and it's not. So Thank you for coming here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for existing. Thank you for being amazing. Uh, thank you for the conversation. I loved it. I'm sure they're going to love it. We all going to love it. You know, I love being me. I love you being you. I love I love all of us, the, the good and the ugly. I wish the ugly didn't exist, but, you know, it's life and I love it. This is the most I ever heard him say the word love. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> You guys have a great rest of your day. Thank you for watching and coming through. Uh, leave some comments if you like. Uh, you know, reach out. Um, I, I like to respond. I will. So have a good one. Thanks for checking out Chocolate Espresso Podcast. I'm your host, Nuair. I hope you guys enjoyed that content. Uh, feel free to give us feedback. If you know anyone or like to share anyone you that you might have in mind, go ahead and hit that comment section. You can also email us at chocolateexpressopodcast at gmail.com. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and we're going to try to push out as much content as we can every week or every other week. Mm -hmm.